There was a night where I was impersonating all the local comedians and just doing the Harry Potter, the boy who lives. Chuck Fury's fun, because he's very animated in his voice. Harry Potter, the boy who lives. This is bad. <laughs> you sound like a drunk Christopher Walken. You know what I sound like? Some Yeah, that was not Chuck Fury. Chuck Fury is more... There we go. Almost like he's bouncing through the top of his head. Chuck Fury, uh, Harry Potter, the boy who lived, has come to die, according to my police report. <laughs> Get ready. This is Happy Valley Comedy. It's gonna be one heck of a time. What? I said hack. Welcome to the Happy Valley Comedy Podcast. I'm Ryan here at the Hive Collaborative recording a podcast because what else do we have to do in this world? But I'm I'm here with Tanner Ralph. Hello. Believe it or not, Tanner Ralph, the guy who actually catapulted my dreams into the comedy world much yet wasn't the first guest on this podcast (laughs) wasn't even asked to be a vp or part of this production uh yeah i mean it's gonna be a fun time yeah i'm excited good start (laughs) tanner ralph tanner ralph thanks for coming out Thanks for having me. Uh, we've been meaning to get you on the podcast. <laughs> uh, more like we just forget to get you on the podcast. <laughs> but we can't forget about you because you were the first person, like, because uh, other than Adam Browd, who was running the open mic that I went to mm-hmm. for the first time, but you were up there because, like, the host is always like, uh, they're probably good, but they're also running this as well. But you, you went up there. As a no name to bombed me. every time. No, you really freaking killed it that night. I was just like, that guy's great. Which and night was it? Do you remember? I have no idea. You were wearing a buckeye. I record. I oh. You were wearing a buckeye. You were okay. Uh, that doesn't narrow it down much. But I record every open mic I go to. So if you remember the dates, I don't. It was most you can likely. See. In, oh, I see what you're saying. You you yeah. voice record them. Yeah. So you can't see what you're wearing. No. No. But I remember thinking that guy. That guy's going that places. Guy can, yeah. That guy's going places. Probably Taco Bell. <laughs> Which is not the place we went to afterwards, but that was, like, so cool for me. Just, like, all the support that everybody had for each other and just everybody going to Slab afterwards. Slab and Don Chewy's. Don Chewy's got weird with us. They did. I think they – I've never been to a place – That doesn't want customers? <laughs> yeah. Who kind of shoo us out yeah. the door. Yeah. Or or like like hesitate when we about to order. Yeah, because because uh, we usually get there. What open mic starts at eight. Uh huh. Ends at nine. Nine thirty. Usually nine forty five. We, we kind of chill for about thirty minutes after that, and yeah. then ten o'clock rolls over and is like, let's go to Don Choi's, which is just in the same it, parking lot. Same parking lot, and it was always open. It was usually open till like ten thirty or eleven. Yeah. So we never had an issue, and then one day all of a sudden there's like we're closed, and yeah, the last few weeks we went there. It seemed like they didn't want us to be there. Nope. Which sucked um, because it's such a convenient, like, hangout afterwards, which I think is important to uh, comedy and comedians. It, it was, was the networking and, like... It was, like, my favorite thing. Yeah. And, like, and I love it. I, still to this day after open mics, I'm always like, all right, we're going to get food. We're going to get drinks. Where are we going? Even after this. Yeah, that's true. After Even this, we're going to go get food. This, after this, maybe not so much Dennis, but like definitely like us. Yeah. For sure. Like That was like my favorite part. Going up on stage, I felt like I had to go up on stage because mm-hmm. you do. If you want to be taken seriously in comedy, I personally feel that way. If you're not hitting every single mic, then 
do you really want to be doing this? That, yeah. That's why I don't hit every single mic. But yeah, like that was like the funnest part about it for me. I go up on stage and be like, eh, don't care if I bomb anyway. We're going to go get pizza or tacos afterwards. Yeah, and that's always the fun part. Yeah, and so we should do that more. We should. Well, I feel like we do it pretty often. You haven't been to the open mic in a while. That's why I said that. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, we still do it, like, uh, or at least we try to. Some nights I'm really tired and living in Eagle Mountain, which is like, you know, 25 minutes away from Provo, yeah. which isn't that far, really. No, but that's also but as far as I live from Provo, so. Yeah, it's I tiring. Get it. I get it. Like, at late at night, like, you just want to go crash uh, immediately. And so to have to drive, uh, you know, 25, 30 minutes just to get home sucks, but. Well, there's some people. It is what it is. We run that open open mic at Maple Mountain <clears throat> Bar and Grill in Spanish Fork. Oh yeah. We have guys who go who come all the way from Tooele. Really? To consistently. Who? Mitchell McCarty. He's in Tooele. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Dang. He's a great a trooper. Guy, yeah. Mitchell McCarty. For anyone uh, listening, uh, if you want to know what he looks like, just look at a Green Day poster and just choose any of them. <laughs> Uh, and that's what he looks like. He's really into punk too, so he, of course he lives he... up to his brand. Yeah, he lives up to the brand. He's actually going to be guest spot for Maple Mountain Showcase. Oh, nice! And get this, everybody. This is this Ooh. is historic. I'm going to ask Tanner Ralph if he'd like to be the headliner of that show. Ooh, right, when? Right here and now, June fourth. June fourth. Uh, yeah. That's uh, is June third the Rodney Norman show? Rodney Norman, June third. Yeah, let's Friday. do it. There you go. Maple Mountain headlining. That's how we do it. There we go. Happy Valley Comedy. It's that easy. We have to, well, it's not. We have to get them on the (laughs) podcast first. Which uh, you'd be surprised how hard that is, even (laughs) if you're the inspiration (laughs) for the whole thing. I'm glad you've accepted that. I'm such a dork that, like, I listen to, if anyone puts out anything, I burped through that one. I'm sorry. (laughs) If anyone puts out anything, I'll probably listen to it or watch it. Oh really? And so I list. I've listened to every Happy Valley comedy podcast that's been put out. I mean, it's not that big of a. Theme. It's yeah. It's in they're short because you don't like long podcasts. So yeah, it took you're me, welcome. It took me an hour to listen to all forty. Uh, so no, the in, in the first one you're talking about like, well, I was inspired by Tanner Rolf, and I was like, why am I not here? <laughs> why isn't he saying this? I, well, I, I want to be involved. <laughs> I like you. I needed to make it. To where you wanted to be on the podcast. You already did. I know. <laughs> I wouldn't, I don't know. It's su- such a weird thing. Happy Valley Comedy just kind of sprung out of the ground just because of a, co- uh, just, just because I just can't put my finger on it. It's just, I just knew that everybody else was so much better than I was. And I felt like we just needed more opportunities. And we found that. So to call you the inspiration, yeah, because I think that you're one of the best that we have. Stop in this it, county. Name your top five right now. Uh, there we go. Yeah, Tanner, Ralph. No, I'm not number one. <laughs> I know you're lying immediately. I actually, so a lot of people are not going to believe this, but Adam Brown is like probably my number one. <laughs> not interesting. I truly believe that it's just an inside joke that's been taken too far, and. Uh, yeah, Adam Brown, really great. Uh, but let's back up. Let's start. What are you asking? Are we five? talking only Utah County comedians, or are we talking all Utah comedians? Now that I think of this, I don't like this game. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh Max? Here's uh, he, okay. Max Bamey is. Max Bamey is S tier. 
probably like it's hard to two. rank them, but Max Baby is S tier to me. S tier. Have you ever seen a tier list? Yeah, well, yeah, but I've never. S tier is like super elite. Yeah. Cool. Uh, These are sports analogies. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, remember when we already recorded episodes and then you didn't know how to work the computer and get the microphone set up? Hey, this is a great way for you to get kicked off of the podcast <laughs> that you've been wanting to be on. <laughs> uh, Tanner Ralph. <laughs> uh, you've been doing comedy for how long now? 2014. December of 2014 was my first mic. So, And then three years of that was in Rexburg, Idaho as a student at BYU-Idaho. So does that count? I don't know. Like, I was practicing stage time and stuff, on. but I don't know. It, it's like saying you majored in speech from homeschool. You know, like, <laughs> I, I'm not sure if BYU-Idaho counts or not. Counts for anything? I went to I went to EFY at uh, Rexburg, Idaho. I was a counselor at EFY in at Rexburg, Rexburg, Idaho. Idaho? Yeah, in Rexburg. In 2009? Not, not your, in, no. In I, 2009? No. Uh, although... Nope, I couldn't have been a counselor that year. They had a weird year. Ef, we're gonna do Efy history on this podcast now. This, uh, Efy is especially for youth. That's a Mormon. It's a Mormon youth camp. That's a week long. They host them at college campuses. It's a BYU program that BYU hates. BYU hates it. Oh, BYU hates Efy. Oh, it's because of all the just like the it's because freaking snot nosed kids well, running around. Campus. So BYU is where Efy actually makes money doing them there because they can get all the campus events oh. for cheap. Most other states, most other college campuses, EFY is losing money. And so oh, BYU, EFY, that. they have, I mean, every week there's thousands and thousands of teenagers just walking through. Well, not anymore, now that the church killed it. It's like uh, Hitler's youth. <laughs> <laughs> sure. That's a pretty good I, one. Should, hey, write that down. Okay. I don't okay. want to compare the church to Hitler's youth, but... It was a it was a youth camp for teenagers ages fourteen through eighteen, uh, and I was one of the youth counselors for five years. I did that. Wow, that's a long time. Yeah, I, and by five years it was su- summers only, so it it's not was, like it was five like straight weeks years. On but, end, but still, that's still like yeah, I did forty eight weeks, so wow. uh, four weeks shy of a full year of my life doing EFY. Fun. Uh, so yeah, so there's there's your EFY history and life, yeah, I was a, life a counselor, yeah. And that's what drove you to comedy. Uh, no, no. <laughs> but that, Although I'm I, sure it helps. It did help. There's a, you learn a lot of funny stuff. Like teenagers are so stupid, but they're creatively stupid. It's incredible. So yeah, um, and, and there's a lot of funny stuff that happened there. That's where I had mydol for a headache, and I was like, huh. Uh, this worked. Yeah, it works. <laughs> it's well. because mitol is Excedrin plus one other ingredient. Yeah, it's it works very well. Yeah, uh, I mean, I look at Ryan Gosling pictures in a different way now, <laughs> but they, it, it works. Anyways, so yeah, so EFY definitely had its uh, influences on me and stuff. Um, no, I got into comedy because uh, I uh, went to Salt Lake Comic Con, not the one where you photographed me. Uh, Dude, that is such a wild story that we will have to come back we'll, to. We'll, we'll cover that in a second. Um, but yeah, I went to one of the Salt Lake Comic Cons, one of their first ones, where like, it's now Fan X. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was called... It was Comic-Con. called Salt Lake Comic Con at the time, before and they got sued for they it. They got sued for that. <laughs> uh, and uh, <laughs> that's a whole other story that's so funny how they got sued for it. But anyways, uh, I go there, and the voice actors were all there. 
Uh, it was uh, it was Rob Paulson who does Yakko Warner and uh, Dr. Doofenshmirtz and Carl from uh, Jimmy Neutron and uh, Pinky. Did I say that one already? That's like, probably his most famous one, Pinky from Pinky and the Brain. Pinky and the Brain, yeah. Um, Jess Harnell was there. Uh, he uh, does Wacko from Animaniacs. Animaniacs. Um, he does... Uh, I'm blanking on him. He does so many other voices, right? And then, so there's all these different voice actors there. Those are the two I remember talking to specifically. Mo LaMarche was there. He's the brain as well. Any voice you hear that's an Orson Wellian type of voice, he's a nibbler in Futurama. Anything that talks like this is probably Mo LaMarche. Anyway, so I spoke to all of them, and I was like, I want to be a voice actor. What do I do? And all of them were like, just start performing where you can now. Do theater, join a band, uh, do music, you know, do improv, do sketch, uh, do stand-up comedy. And all of them said stand-up comedy. And all, every time they said that, I was like, well, I don't, I don't need friends or like a group for that. I <laughs> right. can just go do that. Do it. And so I went to an open mic uh, hosted by Rodney Norman. Oh, wow, really? Which, uh, yeah, because I'm hosting his show uh, in, in like three weeks now, June uh-huh. 3rd. And... um. It's so cool that, like, yeah, I'll be hosting that one because he was hosting the open mic that I first came to. Uh, and he was huge back then, too. I just didn't know it. Um, So I did that one. Felt good. I wish I recorded it. They said they video recorded it, but they never emailed it to me. So I'm not sure if, like, either my handwriting was just that bad or they just lost the file. Honestly, both are viable options. Mm-hmm. Uh, Covey Center for the Arts. So, uh, so anyways, so I never got the recording. I wish I did because I want to see if I really was bad or not, but I felt great afterwards. And then I immediately went to BYU, Idaho the next semester. And this is me moving from Utah. I was going to UVU. And then for some reason I was like, ah, I should go to BYU, Idaho and transferred there. No friends, no connections, nothing, uh, going up there. So I was like, well, I need to like do something while I'm here or else I'll lose my mind. And so I looked up open mics up there and there was a stand up comedy club there. And I just started being part of that and uh, fell in love with stand up comedy and have not done anything with voice acting yet. I was just going to ask. I was like, and, and your career in voice acting has not started. I took a voice acting class, master class recently. I was going to, oh, recently. Uh-huh. I was going to say, because you, you do have the timbre. Yeah. You do have, I don't know if I call it a gift or not. But, like, if I had to pick out in a lineup, I'd be like, yeah, Tanner could do a voice acting well, thank job. you. There's a lot of you uh, Rexburg guys, though. There's quite a few, yeah. Yeah, because, like, Dennis. Dennis, you, me. Drew uh, Simon. Drew Simon was up there. Jake Christensen went to mm-hmm. BYU-Idaho. Corey Merrill. Uh, Corey Merrill. Even uh, Kendra, right? Kendra was there. Kendra was right after I graduated is when she mm. started doing it. So I never met her there. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Okay. So it's we were so the way me and Kendra met was during the pandemic, I organized like weekly Zoom workshops with the BYU Idaho friends I had. I was like, "Hey, stand up! Like, if you want to work on stuff, just let's do a Zoom call once a week." It was really just everyone during the pandemic was just trying to figure out what to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you weren't like doing like Zoom call shows. No, not Zoom shows. Okay. No, I have never done those and have no desire to. Yeah. I know some comedians who do that still today. Um, Look, I get it. Like there's some comedians who really like it and 
more power to you. If you can do that and enjoy it, then, yeah, way more power to you because that opens up a lot more doors. I just can't stand them. I hosted one uh, for Improv Broadway's 24-hour stream. (laughs) It's also where I saw the Johnny Boy incident. The Johnny Boy. uh, Which I got to, like, screen record that and save it just for my personal (laughs) enjoyment. Before it dies off in the ether. It's uh, Improv Broadway uh, Part 3 24-hour stream. If you go to their Facebook and go to their videos... Look for their 24-hour stream. It's part three because it cuts off at eight hours. Oh, my gosh. And um, not too far into it because it was 2 a.m. when Johnny Boy was on. It was like 2 or 3 a.m. So you, you only need to go like an hour or two into the video. You'll see Johnny Boy doing it. And he uh, he does most of the show away from the camera and away from the mic so you can't see any of it. And watching that live is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. <laughs> um, and and you hosted some of it. So that's the first comediathlon. Was, that was the first. That was the very first one. Uh, I had come up with this idea because uh, Jake Christensen was hosting a mic at Improv Broadway uh, one night because whoever the host was at the time was just out of town. So Jake's hosting it. There weren't many of us there, and so. Um, after the mic was over, because there weren't many of us there, it ended early, like 8.45 early. Oh. So Jake comes up and he goes, hey, we've got uh, some more time. How's that for Jake Christensen? That's pretty good. Hey, we've got some more time, so uh, why don't we just get up and do like one joke each? And so everyone just got up and did one joke each, and it was so quick. It was so fun. And, like, all of us got up and did it multiple times. And I was like, what if we made that a show? And that was the original, which is funny because we don't do this in the Comediathlon anymore. But the original idea was to get one person, go down a line of comedians, and you just do a joke and go back, and then the next comedian, joke, 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 joke. And I wanted it to be that fast. The problem is it never got to that pace. But that was the idea. And so during the pandemic, uh, Improv Broadway was just looking for Anyone to do anything for half an hour slots to an hour slot uh, at um, during their stream. And so I decided to record this. There we go. <clears throat> I uh, <laughs> You can decide whether to cut that or not. <laughs> uh, I decided to record this, this show. I reached out to, uh, to all my comedy friends. And it started with eight comedians, which is way too many. It's a lot. Um. Part of me wants to go back and maybe try that again with with a few changes, a lot of changes. But anyways, eight comedians. Uh, it went down to Adam Brown and Taylor Nielsen, and I think Adam Brown won in a photo finish. Where there was like, we saw that it was like 12 votes each, and I knew there were 25 people on the stream. And I was like, okay, someone, uh, someone's not voting, so you need to vote. And then it just immediately went to Adam. Uh, so yeah, so Adam barely won, but he won. Uh, so yeah, that's the only Zoom show I've done. And then I recorded that ahead of time because I wanted to get my editing skills just honed in. So I, I edited it down to a 30 minute one and, uh, it might be unlisted, but it's on YouTube. I can probably, oh nice uh, re-unlist that. So just so the listeners know, you've been running a show called the Comediathlon for how many years now? It started uh, in April of 2020. That was the first one. And then the first live one um, 
must have been June of 2020. I can check my Instagram and see. So this show, this show is like a combination of like different challenges for like a panel of of comedians, mm-hmm. and I think it's great. It was really like the it was it was the comediathlon that opened kind of my eyes to like you can just do shows, <clears throat> you know, because yeah. like. Uh, Quinn Johnson and I were like watching a show or we were like at an open mic and we were talking about the comediathlon and I was just like people can just do that and then Quinn <laughs> and Quinn in the best way that Quinn does made me feel like an idiot it's like well yeah uh you just got to come up with it like if you want to do it if you want to do all of that and he said I don't want to do that that's why other people do it and I was like well how much would it Cause this was this was what was really eye opening to me that conversation with Quinn. I said, "Well, how much would would somebody have to pay uh, to be on a comediathlon, or like how much how much would you want me to pay you?" And then Quinn's like, "You don't have to pay me." I'm like, "Oh, well, then this is gonna be easy." And then it proceeded to not be easy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just found it. Here's the flyer for the very first comediathlon that we did live. Here, show it to the computer so uh, everybody oh, yeah. can hear so, it. So everyone can see. Are the, ca- the cameras aren't even on. <laughs> I know. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, so the very first comediathlon had Oz Morris, Jake Christensen, Adam Brown, Dennis Hyde, Joe Holt, and Ariel Mooney. Uh, and then uh, we didn't have a live musical performance that night, which we uh, we started that the next month. We had improv team, Jenny Cooney, Rachel Bourne, and Robin Henry. Uh, and I remember watching that improv, and I was like, "Ooh, pick it up, guys!" <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was the first comediathlon. Ariel Mooney won it. I remember that uh, because I learned early on, and this is why I brought judges in. We learned pretty quick that uh, whoever brought the most friends to the show would win the show. Yeah, that's a pretty quick thing to learn. Uh, there were yeah, there are definitely exceptions. Um, at times that didn't happen, but there's a lot of times where people who shouldn't have won, won. And yeah. so uh, me and Andres Herrera and uh, Jake Christensen, there's one comediathlon in particular where a person who just didn't do that well won the whole thing. And we're like, how did that happen? And so we're like, we got to prevent this from happening. So that's where the idea of judges came up. And I was like, why don't we just have comedians be judges? Uh, and that and and that same one because of COVID, we were supposed to have eight comedians, and then like five dropped before the show. Yeah. And I was able to get one more because we had four or five. Um, and I was like, you know what? Instead of just having the top two do the five minute set, let's just have everyone do all four rounds or all three rounds. And that's where the current uh, setup came from. Yeah, Tanner, have you kept track of everyone who's won? No. I used to, because I wanted to get a wrestling belt. Oh, I've got one. Uh, I wanted to get a wrestling belt and have each winner's name etched into it after every comediathlon. Such a great idea. Um, It took me a while, so I I let other people host it for a while, too, and so I participated in a few comediathlons, and I didn't win every one that I was in, and I got I got pissed. I was like, "Hey, <laughs> and so then you this just is my show." Defaulted to uh, no, I finally I I went out on a bang. The last comediathlon I didn't host and performed, and I won. Oh, nice! Uh, but I've hosted everyone ever since. You host a lot of shows. It's fun. You host a lot of shows, and mainly because I book you to be a host. Yeah. for a few of them. 
But like, uh, what? It's fun for you. It's fun for you to be a host. Sometimes, um, if I can't get the crowd going, then I feel like a terrible host. Uh, well, that's I mean, a terrifying thing. You there's... have to go out there and cold get the crowd into the mood for a oh, show. Don't I know? I've done it twice, and uh-huh. that's when I was like, I'm "It's quitting. terrifying." I'm quitting comedy. Like I'm, I'm done with this. I'm only going to manage and put on shows because April first. That was that was that was no joke. Mm-hmm. That was not, <laughs> that was not fun. The roast royale show, and I had a I had a second host. Oh uh, yeah, with me on that. that Co-hosting me and Quinn learned this the Dennis. hard way. Co-hosting, I think, is actually harder for a show if you don't know your co-host that well. Because me and Quinn co-hosted yeah. the open mic for a while. And our first few weeks, it took us a while to, like, figure each other out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we know. We were there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it was fun. And, like, I think we found our, our groove. And if we yeah. kept going, I think it would have been really fun. Uh, but then there's a point where both of us were like, we missed doing open mics like we miss just not having to worry about the show yeah like even even chuck fury because i like chuck fury a lot i think he not only does he have his following and he has like good charisma and all that he makes a great host but like even he's been like like i really do want opportunities to like work on my stuff yeah because you can't do that when you're a host there's so much more riding on you as a host because like i'm not gonna say that that's the people remember the host, but definitely the host kicks it off. Well, here's the thing about the host. Um, there's a podcast with John Mulaney and Mike Birbiglia. It's called The Old Ones, uh, Mike Birbiglia's show. And it's uh, Two Drink Mike is the specific episode where he's talking with John Mulaney about their early days of being comedians. And it's either John Mulaney or Birbiglia who talks about when you're a host, you're essentially leading a party. You're essentially the one introducing all these other comedians and being like, this is, even if it's not your show, if you're the host, you have to act like it's your show and you brought these comedians to give these people a good time. And so, like, that's kind of the the mentality and charisma you have to have. And that's when I, I started taking hosting a little bit differently because before I listened to that episode, if I saw host, I was like, oh, this is a new timer. This is, I kind of saw host as, like, either a newer comedian or, like, a comedian who didn't have as much time. Mm-hmm. And now I see the host almost as the second most important person in yeah. the show. Yeah, I definitely do. Because the headliner is obviously number one. Headliner is always going to be like where you you bank most all of your, <clears throat> I don't know, all your hopes and dreams for that yeah. night on. But like, if you want a consistent, if you want a consistent energy, mm-hmm. then you got to go with a really good host. Yeah, which is why I don't do it anymore. It's, it's there's a lot. It's more terrifying. To it, it is. It's a lot of fun. I but. wouldn't. Say, I wouldn't say that I'm terrified of it. But then, as soon as you get up there as a host, uh-huh. like as a host, it's way different if you get up there and you're doing your act because, like, you've done your act. But then I realize, and and this is me who did the. This is my show that I put the show on, and then I get up and I was like, "Well, shoot! Like, I have all of this material. Yeah. I have to find a way to." Because, like, you still do your material, but you got to find a way where it fits into the show. Mm-hmm. And I didn't. And you got to read the that. room because audiences are different, even if it's the same 20 people. Yep. It's just different every time. And so, uh, hosts, really good comedians and really good hosts can read a room, which is something I feel like I'm not great at and I need to get better at. I should say I'm working mm-hmm. on is reading rooms and being able to change. Are you saying okay? So you're saying like body language and like the tone of yeah. like all of that, not necessarily like pointing out and 
uh, like talking to the crowd. Um, maybe because that's one thing I love about Quinn. Yeah, Quinn. I uh, we had a great show up in Rexburg a few weeks ago, where we each did twenty minutes. So it was me, Drew Simon, and Quinn uh, Johnson did twenty minutes, and Quinn bombed the first half of his set, and like uh, <laughs> he'll admit it. Freaking Dennis. He'll tell you, but what was cool is because we had so much time, Quinn just started talking to the to the room, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden he said something about Boise, and people were like, boo, and he goes, yeah, fuck Boise. Boise fucking sucks, and he just goes on on everything he knew about Boise. It was like, this building sucks, this, and like the whole crowd was in on it, and they loved it. So like, um... I really respect that about Quinn, about being able to go to the the audience and just be quick on his feet and talk to people. I uh, I don't feel like I have that strength yet. Um, I don't want to say I don't have it because it's just something I haven't worked on. I've definitely tried it at the open mic at Improv Broadway, dude. Like, it's hard. It is. It like especially like the first time because uh-huh. like there's a there's a space there there's there's a time there's a time where time stands still, and you're just like, are you gonna do it? And then you do it, and they're like, I immediately regret you know what, this. <laughs> you know what comedy sometimes feels like to me? Because um, I know one of my natural talents of a comedian is uh, a lot of other comedians will tell me that I have a commanding voice and I command a room. Yeah. Um, which is great. I don't know how I do it. I would say that's why I was drawn to you, but you also, like, watching you, like, host the Comediathlon as well, especially the very first one mm-hmm. that you hired me to do photos on, I Did I hire like, you to do photos for Comediathlon or for, uh, yeah. Comediathlon, it was in And October. then the Christmas one. And then it was October, November, and Christmas. Yeah. And then you guys took a break. Yeah. But, like, it was October. I was like, dang, this guy, like, knows how to bring the energy up. And it was all because of your commanding voice. And so. You, and you say you don't know how. But I, I don't. I don't I, it's not I something. that's the magic of it. It, it, well, I think it's a natural talent, right? Like, it's it's not something that I'm consciously thinking of. It's just something that happens for me. I think, honestly, from EFY, I think is that's one of the biggest things is EFY. You got to get the control. You got to get the attention of uh, kids that are 14 to 18. Uh, so either kids who are too immature to care what you're saying or kids who are a little bit more mature but just don't care what you're saying. Right. Uh, and so... Learning how to how to work with big groups of teenagers, I think, does help me. Did help me learn how to command rooms and stuff. Um, but comedy to me, I think, sometimes feels like a screaming contest, and you come off, and people are like, "Wow, that was a great scream! How did you yell that that great?" And you're like, "Oh, because I'm scared. <laughs> it's because I'm really terrified." Uh, I think is a lot of my comedy too, of like. Um, whenever people are like, that was the best set I've seen you do, it's usually when I was the most scared. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. That's funny. How so that I don't out. know why I love this. because, <laughs> And I do, though. <laughs> That's the thing. I do love comedy. I love performing. It's great. But I've never had a good show where I wasn't pissed scared the second I went up. Well, would you say that the mental payoff afterwards oh, absolutely. is better? Okay, yeah. see, that's that's where it is. Yeah. Because I can... I can't say I can't say that I've ever had a good set where I was just like I was terrified that night. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, because I I don't know I think it's a little bit opposite for me. I feel like I know when I do well. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that's what makes you a better comedian than myself. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but like yeah, for sure. Like uh, it's it's a different beast this this comedy thing. Yeah. Like there's there's times where I'll like go on like other comedians, even local ones, and look. 
look at their stuff and then like on Instagram or whatever, and then just like, oh, like that's so funny. I would have never thought to have like done that. But like, mm-hmm. what's interesting and cool is that you that that comedy is unique to the individual. Yes. And and the best part about it is that you're sharing yourself with everybody else, and it feels like a communal, a communal thing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's pretty cool, like that. It's uh, yeah, it is so personal. Um, just even the way you'd have, even if it's not a personal joke, right? My six hundred pound life, that joke. I'm not revealing anything about myself when I do that joke. The joke is, do y'all ever watch my six hundred pound life just for the recipes? What does that say about me personally? Nothing. That gives you no insight into my life. But I think it's just the personal insight of like when I was watching it, I was like, goodness, look at all these things they're eating. (laughs) (laughs) Are you, is that? It's just silly observations, you know? Yeah. Well, it's relatable. Yeah. I mean, I've never seen, I've never seen that show. In fact, the only thing that I ever know about that show is because of your I don't even watch that much of it. I've watched like one episode. And I think that's the point is that. That that joke writes itself. Yeah, in a way. So I, I, what I'm trying to say is like comedy is personal, even when the jokes aren't. You know, like yeah. it's just how you approach things. It should be personal. And so, like, the more you know yourself, I think, the better you get at comedy. And that's when I struggle with comedy. I'm like, shit, it's because I don't know who I am. Uh, which is hugely introspective. Which reminds me of the joke that I really like that you have, where you want to start losing weight. <laughs> I want to lose weight so I can learn what I hate about myself. (laughs) That's one of my favorite ones. Well, Tanner, Ralph, thanks for coming on. You don't want to do another half hour? I want to do another half hour. Let's do another half hour. Dennis doesn't want it, though. Dennis gives me the the light. Uh, He's saying wrap it up. It's okay. People don't know we're about to record another episode anyways (laughs) with with other people. So (laughs) we'll keep talking. Tell everybody where they can find you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Plugs and stuff. Plugs and stuff. Uh, TannerKRolf.com. Uh, that's R-A-H-L-F is uh, my website. You can find all my uh, copywriting work, short films, sketches, and stand-up comedy. Uh, you can also follow me on social medias at TantanRolf. Again, that's R-A-H-L-F. And, uh, yeah, pretty much every all comedy I post on Instagram. Uh, TikTok, I barely update, but I, I think it's fun, the stuff that I put on there. Uh, and if you want to, like, hire me and contact me, either through Instagram or through my website, TannerKRolf.com. Not to mention, you can find him on most Mondays at Improv Broadway. Oh, yeah. I host every other Monday at, uh, Improv Broadway, and when I don't host, I am there every other Monday at Improv Broadway. Perfect. Uh, so, yeah. Perfect. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast, and thank you for listening to this podcast. Bye. Bye. Mm. I'll probably get sued for it, but why not? Uh, Harry Potter, the boy who lived, (laughs) has come to die. That's, That's pretty good. Let's I not love- say who it is, though. Yeah, Homer Simpson. Homer Simpson.